Hello, 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 and welcome back to Ty's Tech Line. I'm your host, Tyler Harrington, and welcome to our very first episode. We're going to be featuring a guest, and the guest for today's episode is none other than Caitlin Alsip. You probably know her as Caitlin James, and Caitlin is an amazing, internationally acclaimed wedding photographer. She has photographed hundreds of weddings over the course of her career all over the world, and she's been featured in tons of different publications and magazines, Um, but on top of being an amazing wedding photographer, Caitlin is also an educator. She has formed what I'd like to call an online educational empire, where she has served thousands and thousands of different photographers with her online education, through her online newsletter, and just through different courses and things like that. And in the conversation today, we cover a wide range of topics, starting from when I first met Caitlin, how I transformed from being a KJ fangirl into uh, someone who worked with Caitlin on a regular basis. But we also discuss things like where the wedding photography industry is, how it's changed over the past 10 years, and how she's kind of helped to lead the way in that. So it's a great conversation, and I hope you guys sit back and enjoy. So I am here with my good friend, Caitlin James. Caitlin, hello. Hey. Thank you so much for being on Ty's Tech Line. Caitlin, guys, full transparency here. I don't know exactly what episode or how these are all going to come out, but she's the first ever guest. So Caitlin, thank you for trusting me. I'm not going to mess this up too bad. Well, I feel honored. I I hope I don't mess it up. (laughs) I feel honored that I'm the first one. This is going to be great, Caitlin. Okay, so interesting about Caitlin. So if you guys don't know, Caitlin is an amazing photographer. She's an educator. Um, she's a mother, and she is a good friend of ours. But it hasn't always been that way. Um, Caitlin and I, I used to follow Caitlin online, and I am uh, admittedly or unadmittedly a former KJ fangirl. Caitlin, how do you feel about that? Yes. Well, we there was a there was a season of our friendship at the beginning where we had to have discussions like, are we are we blog friends or are we real friends? <laughs> and we were always we we were real. Wait, what? Real friends? <laughs> we were real friends, but it was. Um, I think though, in some ways, it made us. We were faster friends because you knew our whole life. <laughs> Right. And so that's, that's what that's kind of what I want to talk to you about is I want to talk to you about the fact that when I met you for the first time, I knew everything about you almost like I feel like I knew <laughs> yes. so much about your life, but you didn't know anything right. about me. So, okay, let's, so let's let's start kind of from the beginning. So do you remember, right. Caitlin, the first time that you ever met us? Yes, it was. Yes, it was at our uh, our old house. It was during um, it was back when um, Shoot and Share had um, just meetups locally and we kind of hosted a lot of those meetups and um so we just had random photographers that were friends of ours and some people we had never met just come from all over and um and meet up at our house and didn't you guys come late is that we came late yeah we actually had come from a funeral for like ashley's uncle's grandfather which is yeah kind of sad but yeah we came late and we were really nervous and it was at caitlin's house and i was like we i was like Ash, we got to go to this thing. They're having a meetup at Caitlyn James's house, like the Caitlyn James is oh, at her gosh. house. Oh gosh! And 
she was like, no, my gosh, we cannot go to Caitlyn James's house. I'm like, no, it's, it's everyone's invited. Like, we're allowed to go. It wouldn't be weird. Oh my gosh. And she, people, people come to our house all the time. It's just so not funny us, to hear Caitlin, that. Not story. us. <laughs> okay. So, that, okay. So that's what I'm talking about. So this is what's interesting. So that was the first time we ever met Caitlyn. She was super sweet, super nice, invited us in. Um, and she was just, you know, it was just this, oh my gosh, she's a real person, blah, 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 all that kind of thing. And I know that you get that all the time. Like I kind of say it now as like a joke now that we're friends and it's, you know, not that serious, but people right, like, right. treat you like this all the time. So I want right. to kind of like back it way up because for you, Caitlin, so we've known each other now. That was what, like four years ago, five years ago? Well, yeah. Yeah. Four or five years ago. It was, it was a while back. Which is crazy. Um, but so for your career is, which is, when did you start doing this? It was eight years ago? Um, actually, about? well, it was 2008. So yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're getting real close yeah, we're getting close to the decade mark. I think it'll be a decade this August. So we should Which have a party. Which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, seriously. So, okay. So for me, I've kind of viewed your career literally in halves. So like the first half I followed as a like aspiring photographer, someone who's growing, getting into the photography world and following uh-huh. you online on your blog. And then the second half, you know, we've been friends, we've worked on things together. And I have this like very like behind the scenes view of your friend, of your, of your career, right? Yes, yes. But what's interesting is I've never really talked to you about the first half of your career, right? I've heard you speak about it right. at conferences and things like that, but we've never really talked about it. So yeah. I kind of want to do I want to start that I want to go way back go way back to the beginning kind of talk a little bit about that some questions I've always had like some burning questions that I've always wanted to ask you oh and then and then I want to kind of jump forward to where we are today and talk about some things that we're kind of we're doing together but the way that we're uh, not like transforming the world, but sort of the way that you are. That <laughs> dream we're, team. we're the dream together. Team. <laughs> we are sort of not a transforming is the right word, but that we're changing yes. the like education, like photography education and some of those projects that we're working on. Mm-hmm. So right. let's do that. So let's go back to the very, very beginning. So okay. tell me, just tell, give me a little like the brief synopsis of like kind of how you got into this, how Caitlin James photography came about. Uh, well, I was about 20 years old. Michael and I had been dating since I was a freshman in high school, but he had graduated college and moved like six hours south to do an internship. And it was kind of like my first season of life where I felt, I mean, since I was 15, where I had not space. Um, that sounds awful, but, um, but I, I kind of was on my own and, um, and it was the same time where I was thinking about, okay, I graduate college in two years. I have this graphic design internship that I don't love. Um, I mean, I love the people I worked with, but I just, I didn't love that I would create something. And then my boss could tell me like, yeah, but we got to slap this logo and this sponsor and everything I created just turned out to not be what I envisioned. And I'm like, well, gosh, I, I, I want to be my own boss. I want to figure out how I could do this. And I had a friend who had been doing wedding photography um, just kind of throughout college. Um, her name's Jessica Smith. She still shoots. She's a good friend of ours. And she let me second shoot with her twice. And, um, and I just, I just loved it. And um, I look, I look back at those images from second shooting. And at the time I was just so proud of myself. Um, but I look back now, I'm like, Oh my gosh, everything's crooked. This is awful. Um, but I got started that way and I started in school 
when I was surrounded by people that were about to get engaged. And that was the best decision I ever made because honestly, I, I booked up an entire first season, like 16 weddings. Um, and a, half of them were CNU friends. Um, and I was affordable and people were excited about me and, you know, people would check the blog every day during class. And so it's interesting. I still to this day, um, get inquiries from CNU girls who sat in communication classes with me and they're like, I remember checking your blog every day and now I'm finally getting married. Um, so it was, that's how I started. College helped catapult me into, um, just being fully booked and people being really aware that who I was and what I was doing and they were excited about it. So yeah, and that, so that's something I found very interesting. So from the very beginning, like you said, like you didn't really know what you were doing. Like you second no. shot for a friend. You were kind of like making it up as you went along. Oh, but sure. as far as I've ever been following you, you've always sort of been sort of like leading the way and educating. So when would you say that like within your sort of even like early on in your career that you started doing, um, you know, your Ask Everything blog series, you had a couple different blog post series and things like that that were education based. When did when do you remember that actually starting? Um, I think it started when so i i had been blogging a lot and so my presence on social media was very prevalent uh compared to a lot of what other people were doing a lot of people were still marketing in old older ways you know through paying for the knot and and trying to get ads in magazines and here i was i didn't have money for that so i just poured all my time into this blog i blogged like seven days a week for years. Um, and then it went down to five, but like for, for the longest time, every single day, there was new content out there that I created. And because of that, and it wasn't content for photographers. It was just, it was the wedding Wednesday series. It was stuff about my life. It was portfolio posts. And, um, because of that, I think it put me out in front of a lot of photographers on Facebook that were trying to do what I was doing and they were interested and they just started asking me all these questions. And I was like, well, you know, instead of responding to all these emails, I'll just start answering these questions in blog form. And that's how the Ask Anything series started. And I also, my, um, my mentor, um, who I looked to was Jasmine Starr. And honestly, in that time frame, she was one of the only photographers that really was giving free information out online, um, on a blog format. Um, other people probably taught workshops, but I didn't know who they were. I just followed her and I loved her. So, um, I thought, well, if she's sharing, you know, why can't I share? And, and that's how it started. Yeah. So that, that was another thing I found very interesting. Like I said, Caitlin, is that you were, like you said, you're, you were kind of like looking up to Caitlin or sorry, to Jasmine and you were sort of, were you emulating what she was doing? Like, cause this is why I've always thought is like, who, who were you looking up to at the time? Cause at the time it seemed to me like you were sort of like paving the path. As long as I've ever th known you and kind of like known of you and thought about you, I've always thought of Caitlin is sort of like, she's not following trends. She's starting trends. And she is the one that is kind of like out there, like forging the new path and going in the new direction. And you're never following along with like the rest of the industry. It always seems to me like you're out there and you're kind of trying to do, get ahead of everybody, but that's not easy right. to do. And especially at the time, you're only, you know, you're still in college for a lot of this right. or you're, you know, just out of college. So where do you think that that like drive and that motivation came from for you? Was it something that you were aware of or were you just like, were you like, I'm not going to follow the trends. I'm going to set my own. Or were you kind of just doing what you felt was right and it just happened mm. to be ahead of everybody else? Yeah, that's a really good question, Ty. I, I honestly think that I was not aware that I was paving any paths. Because I remember actually years later, I remember you actually saying something like, um, 
mentioning, I think it was about our blog post, how I used to do like three vertical images grouped together at the top of a blog post. And you were like, you realize you started doing that. And then a lot of other people started blogging that way. And I was like, I've, I was completely unaware of that. And I think that's because, um, I just don't, I don't really see a lot of what other people are doing, which in some time, sometimes that's bad. You know, I, I need to be relevant and know what other people are up to. But in some ways, I just, I think I have done, um, I've had seasons in my business now that it's been almost 10 years where I felt like a follower in some areas and I really don't do well in that, in those areas, um, where I feel like, well, I'm going to do that because someone else did it. And then when I do it, it's just, I feel like it's never good enough. And so I just rather do something completely different. So I can't be compared to anybody. And I think that I probably had that same underlying idea back when I was first getting started, but I didn't know it at the time. And, um, and honestly, I mean, I, I remember back in college, my goal was I wanted to help people. I wanted, I mean, it sounds very like, Oh, like it's all about success, which it's not, but I really wanted to be the best. Like I, I just, I wanted people to think and to see, like to see my talent and think like, Gosh, she, she's actually really good. Like she's not just this girl that picked up a camera and she's okay. Like she really has an eye for this. And so, um, the beginning of my career, I feel like I focused so hard on growing technically and, um, and education just kind of walked, walked alongside of that. You know, I started teaching people what I was learning myself and they really liked that. And, um, and so as we moved from like the beginning of my business to the middle to like our current, you know, season, I just don't think I was very aware that I was paving any paths. I think I just liked and I thrived at doing things differently because if I was copying what someone else was doing, um, whether it was as simple as the way I marketed or the way that I organized a graphic on my blog, if I was just copying somebody else, it just felt weird to me. It felt like it's easy to compare when you copy. So, you know, for me, it's like, I, I feel more freedom if I just figure out how to do something differently from the start. And then I'm just in my own world and no one can touch me instead of repeating what other people have done. I don't know. That that's kind of the thought I had. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that so that's I think part of the reason why you're able to be so successful at that because you weren't out there trying to like change the world necessarily. You weren't out there like thinking like, oh my gosh, what I'm doing is revolutionary. Everyone's going to love it. No, you're just you're just doing it and you're just being you. And I think that that's part of the part of the like the Caitlin James like quote unquote charm is that you're so like unassuming in what you're doing. But at the same time, it's so like brilliant and perfect. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that just seems like the way that you should do it. That's so, it's so funny. That's just so funny to hear that. But, um, but I trust your, I feel like you have a good poll on the rest of like what goes on beyond like what's in our world, you know, like, I feel like, you know, what's right. going on in the industry. And I feel like I'm very unaware of some of that sometimes, but maybe that's working in my favor. You know, <laughs> I really do. I do think that it is totally working in your favor for the majority of things. And again, from, from, I'm talking kind of like back in the day when I was just like the yeah. KJ blog follower. Right. Um, it just seemed like, gosh, like she knows exactly what she's doing and she has this like perfect plan and this perfect strategy. Um, no. now being on the no. other side, not that you're like, not that I'm like the, <laughs> the illusion has been ruined. But it's like a little bit more like, oh, yeah, like it just it seems a little bit more like natural and like 
human, right? But at oh, the time, yeah. it was like, oh my gosh, like it's Caitlyn James. Like she, everything that she touches turns to gold, and like everything is great. That and I is talk so about, funny. So, so I, and I think honestly, you, you already talked about it a little bit. I think that the blog had a huge, like, was a huge contributor to that. But what's been really oh, interesting, sure. and I, this is something I really want to talk to you about, is that blogging back in the day, right when. I was following you back in 2010, 2011, yes. 2012, like that time. Blogs were like, they were it. They were the yes. thing, right? Oh, and yeah. You were, yeah. you were, I was thinking about this yesterday. You were doing like the daily, like now daily vlogging on YouTube is like a huge deal. All these people have like millions and millions of subscribers on their like daily vlog accounts. But you were yeah. doing daily vlogging before daily vlogging was cool. You were just doing it by way of your of your blog, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. But the whole entire like industry, I feel like has changed and like as technology has changed because back in the, in those days, you know, 2012, I was, I had an RSS feed on my, I don't even know, on my computer or maybe on Uh my iPad. I don't even know I had iPads at the time. And I would get up every single morning and I would check that like religiously and say like, Oh, what new blog posts are out today? And it was, you know, like Caitlin James and, uh, you know, Zach and Jody and like all these different people that I followed. And I'm like, Oh, I got to check in for my daily. Like, what is Caitlin up to? Like, what is Caitlin doing? And that's part of the reason why I knew everything about you. I knew that you liked gummy bears and that you like, you know, Mountain Mountain Dew. Dew. And I knew everything about your family and like all these different things. Right. 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 I don't even think that you're, again, I don't know if there was, was there a strategy behind it where you're like, oh, if I share all these personal things about my life, people will flock to me and they'll, they'll feel connected to me in this special way. Or was it something that you were just sort of like, this is kind of what I feel is right. This is what I want to share. And the result yeah. just ended up having to be like good and beneficial in your favor. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't have anything else to share. I mean, I was in college, so I shared events and like, like parts of my life in college. And I remember thinking like, I sure hope this isn't a bad idea because I don't know if this marketing is going to work. Like, I don't know if brides are going to enjoy reading about my life, you know, and, and there was no part of me in college that ever thought photographers would like to hear about my life. Like no part of me, my focused, my focus all through college. And then the next couple of years really was until I started doing coaching and like more serious workshops, my focus was always, how can I share my life and be relatable to my brides? And I, and I hope what I'm doing is working because I don't have money to do anything else. And I don't have the time to do anything else. And then the other side was, I really enjoyed sharing my life. Like I, I enjoyed letting people learn, you know, about my family dynamics, how I grew up and you know, learning about Michael and I and our story. And I mean, there are people who remember following my blog when Michael and I were just dating. And now we've been married for almost seven years and we have a baby and and a half, you know, (laughs) one one more coming, baby and a half. And, um, And so I just think the more that I shared and the more that I let people into my life, and I know that's not for everybody, but for me, and I I really think it's a personality base. Like some people, it makes them sick thinking about trying to sit down and blog about their personal life. But for me, like I just shared a blog post today about um, actually, you know, how we finally got Evie to sleep the way she needed to be sleeping. And, you know, part of me is like, gosh, does anyone care about this? But I guarantee you, after we share that with the world, like, people love just knowing that they're not the only ones that have a baby that won't sleep and, and I get to help them and give them hope. And so, yeah, I mean, I never had a strategy. I just, I really shared what I loved sharing. Um, 
And we've talked about this before. Like I get asked a lot of like super technical questions, which you are well aware of because you always answer them for us. Um, but I do not enjoy talking about that. And that's why, you know, even though it would be helpful for me to blog about back button focus and I don't enjoy that. And so I don't blog it. And I think I've stayed really true to only blogging what I feel passionate about. And I think that's why people continue to feel drawn to what I share because it's not forced. And um, they, they they need to learn back button focusing from, you know, Ty's tech line. They don't, they don't need to learn that from Caitlin. It's just not, it doesn't make sense to come from me. And I think I found my voice early on in college. And the gift was I didn't have money in college to spend on marketing. And so that's how I kind of fell into this role of like, well, I'm going to share my life and see how it goes. And hopefully people like it, you know? Yeah. And that's, and that's, again, one of the things that's great about you is that you don't ever try and be what you're not. You're just trying to be like who you are and just share the things that you're passionate about. And right. the interesting thing was that that turned into this education, right? Because you were trying to help people come up and learn how to do what you did. And you're kind of teaching almost as you were going. Because again, you've right. been teaching as, as long as I've ever known you, even like, you know, like earlier on in your career. And one of my favorite things that your your dad always says, I love your dad. He's so, he's so funny. <laughs> he said, Caitlin, you're in a weird industry. Like yes. people are coming to like, you're teaching people how to do your job yes. as well, if not better than you. So they can potentially take your people, clients, take my right? clients. Yeah. Right. Oh, and, and, you know, obviously that's not exactly how it works. Right. That's like the normal way of thinking. And this was way again, this was years before the whole like community over competition, like rising tide society, all that sort of stuff. You've always just sort of had had that mindset and had that mentality. And did so did that even cross your mind when back in the day when you're blogging weekly, you know, like tips and tricks and whatever? Did that ever really cross your cross your mind as like a potential downside to what you were doing? Um no. I honestly I I never felt um, this feeling of like, uh, intimidation from photographers who were learning from me and then growing really quickly, just like I did. And then raising prices and shooting tons of weddings. I never felt intimidated by them. I think as my business went on, I remember going through a season where the people that I taught in workshops, they started launching their own workshops. And I do remember think, thinking like, oh man, Maybe I've created a monster. <laughs> like maybe what are we going to do? Um, but, but then I had to go back to like the roots of when I started my business. I was never worried about my wedding photography side of the business because I knew that people loved Caitlin and Michael. They loved Caitlin Jane's photography and they loved who we were because we shared so much of our life. And you can't compete with that. Like, you know, Nally Frank, when she was shooting, um, you know, just three hours north, she was an amazing and still is an amazing photographer um, and charged the same amount. Like people could have looked at us and been like, oh, my gosh, they're they're definitely competing against each other. Um, but I never felt that way with her because I knew that, uh, well, one, she was my, one of my brides, which is the sweetest thing. Um, but also, I, I never felt in competition with her or anyone else who could have been, you know, up at, you know, my level or, you know, even higher than me. I never felt competitive 
like I was competing because um, people hired us because they were obsessed with Caitlin and Michael and our story and they loved us. And you just, there's nothing that can come between that. Um, even if someone is shooting just images that just blow people away, our people were hiring us for not just great images, but for something deeper. And you just can't replicate that. And you can, re- you know, Natalie was replicating that in Natalie's world. You know, people who just fell in love with Natalie, they had to have Natalie, but there was always enough people that had to have Caitlin. And so I, I realized, well, I just got to keep doing what I'm doing because it's working. And so when when the fear of education came up, when I started to get insecure about like, oh, no, other people are teaching and doing their workshops. And I hope they're not just teaching all of what I already taught them. Like I had to go back to remembering, you know, people are going to continue to learn from us because we got to stay true to what we know is genuine and what we know people love and what they need. And if we focus on people and helping people, then we're never going to run into the issue of, well, now no one signs up for our workshops or no one cares to learn from us because there's so many other educators. And I just have to remind myself. Um, and, and I feel like everyone has to remind themselves of that in some point in their career. Like, um, and, and that goes back to the whole overarching thing that we've been talking about is if you don't, copy other people and you're, you're kind of paving your own path, then you're always going to have some element of what you're doing that sets you apart and that no one else can compete with. And, um, and I think that that is just, has always served us really well. Um, it's serving us well in this new season of education, which we'll probably talk about a little bit, but, um, it, yeah, I, I, I think I got a little nervous when that started to happen because it kind of shocked me. I don't, it was probably back in 2012, maybe, um, where all these people started teaching and hosting workshops. And I'm like, "Uh Oh, Oh man, no one's going to come to ours anymore. But that was such a lie. Like um, literally we still have people come to our workshops and they host their own workshops and they just want to learn and have that experience with us. So there's no need to be fearful. I think it's human to be fearful and it's, it's human for me to get worried about that. But I very quickly squashed that fear by just realizing like, no, Caitlin, you, and honestly, this is interesting. When I started getting nervous about that, instead of like getting really resentful towards those people, I actually helped some of them start their workshops. Um, but that's when I had, oh my gosh, Michael, we need to build a house that can host workshops and we got to sell this house and we're going to do workshops completely differently. We're going to do it different than anyone else. We're going to have it in our living room. People are going to basically live with us for two days. I'm tired of renting out hotel conference rooms and venues. Like I want to do it differently. So What's interesting is that kind of what you said before, whenever I get in that season of feeling like, oh no, like what if I'm losing traction? I just start to think, well, how can I do it different? And that worked really well. And to this day, we ended up building another house that could host workshops that were uninhibited by HOA rules and all that stuff. So anyway, it's actually a gift to me that I got nervous and that I had those human fears of like, oh no, what if I lose everything? Because that's what pushed us into a new season. Yeah. And what I think, like you said, because you were shooting wedding, you know, 30 weddings a year or more, you know, consecutive, consistently, and you're right. raising your prices year after year after year. And a lot of people will just be happy with that, right? Like I'm running a successful photography business. Like I'm doing my thing. I'm going to be giving some tips away in my blog. But I think like, again, what has always been interesting to me about you is that like that, not that that wasn't enough, but you're like, no, I know there can be more. Like I know sure. that this photography thing, obviously, which is great, 
and that you were doing a really great job and you're serving your couples and blessing your couples. But I think that you had a, you had the bigger picture for the education, not as a way to make money, but as a way that you're like, this is a way I can impact other people's lives. And I know that I've seen that, right? Not only in other, seeing other people's lives, who's you've, who you've affected through your education and through the way that you teach them and just how their lives and businesses have been changed, but also in my own life, right? Like when I was first getting started reading your blog posts consistently and on a regular basis, like that helped me shape the trajectory of our business. And I think back to a lot of the stuff that we even do today, you know, Ash and I, we just uh, filmed a business basics course and we were talking last night on our Facebook live about, you know, some things that we do as far as our business and booking and stuff like that goes. And even a lot of that, if I trace back, like, why do we do this? And I really think about it. Like a lot of it comes back to you and the blog post that you wrote all those years ago in 2012, right, are still impacting the way that we think about pricing and our client experience and all these things today. So I just just think that that's really awesome. And I think Mm -hmm. that's something that's very rare. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think that it shows a lot about you and your drive and your just like mindset of like, Again, most people just feel like, oh, I'm booking 30 plus weddings a year at this, at this, you know, relatively high price point. You know, this is it. This is like, this is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but right. for you, you had this kind of like vision to keep going. So, so going back, so with the workshops and stuff, right? Cause that's kind of where it started. Where right. was your, when was your first ever workshop? Well, I hosted a workshop when I had just gotten started in college. Um, on college campus, I rented out this room next to the library. I had like 12 people come. It was 50 bucks. And it was, um, I forget what I named it. Um, but it was funny. It was, I mean, it was the most basic thing. I got my college roommate's younger sister who was beautiful just to come model for it. And, um, I remember doing it because we just had so many questions and I knew that other people did workshops and I was like, well, I mean, I could do one. And it, it's funny. I, it never crossed my mind how ridiculous that probably seemed to other people who are like, uh, she's been in business a year and now she's doing a workshop. But I look back at the people who came to that workshop and some of those are, they're still prominent photographers in the Virginia, you know, uh, DC area. And, um, and I, even if I only taught them two or three things, like 50 bucks and the gas to get to, you know, CNU to take the class, um, it was, it was worth it for them and it helped them. And honestly, I mean, I, I enjoyed teaching. Some people don't enjoy teaching. I really enjoyed that role, not, not being able to tell people what to do, but being able to help people and say, Hey, uh, I, this may not be the perfect way to do it, but it's really working for us. And so let me teach you how. And, um, and so that idea and that concept just kept evolving. So I did that and then I graduated and we hosted one. It's called the Sugar Shoot. We hosted it at a candy shop. Um, <laughs> that was, yeah, that was a fun I one. I don't think I've ever heard this story. The second, uh, the Sugar Shoot? Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. It was at a candy shop in West Broad Village in Short Pump and we just rented it out. And, um, and that was kind of like, I knew we couldn't just do you know, sugar shoots for the rest of my career. Um, but it was, it was fun. It was really well themed. It got featured on like green wedding shoes or something. But, um, but then we moved from there and started doing workshops in other venues around Richmond. And, um, it just, some just didn't feel right about like it. They, was, they were fine. Like they were fine workshops. I remember one that we did, Katie Nesbitt, Caroline Logan, Anna Marie Aikens was the model. I mean, it, Abby Grace was at one of, so I, all these people who now teach on their own that are doing amazing things. Um, they were all, I like this one workshop. And I remember thinking like, gosh, I hope I'm teaching them something. But, um, but I, I know they learned a lot and I know that they moved on and now they're doing great things in their business and helping other people. I, it's really crazy to think like, I mean, what if I never taught 
What if Jasmine never taught? What if people just never entered this season of education and people were just still floundering, trying to figure out like how to do it on their own? Like we're just in a really cool season, I think, um, in our industry. It's very rare. So, and like Daddy James says, it's, we're, we're a weird industry, but it's weird in a good way. <laughs> yeah, it is. And that, so, uh, Ash and I, uh, you know this, Caitlin, you've been trying to tell us this for years that we just dropped photo and we've gone full video yes. this past year. So we are super obviously into now like the video world, which I kind right. of always been, but I've, but I've been able to sort of see both in the video world. I always say, I think it's about like 10 years from like a marketing yeah. standpoint and just like all these different things behind uh-huh. the photo world, right? From yes. uh, pricing and just like client education and experience, like all these different things. But what right. is interesting to me is I, I don't know if I can necessarily say that like you are responsible for this entire like movement, but it sort of no, feels, it always not. sort of <laughs> felt to me that like you were always sort of the one who was like pushing it forward and pushing people to like have a client based experience and do all these things. And photography, the photography world is in a completely different place now than it was you know, however many years ago when you started, because like you were saying back then, it was like just really Jasmine who's doing things this way. And before sure. that, I don't know, you may know, do you remember how, like when that transition really started from like your photographer was just like, it was a commodity. It was a thing that you kind of paid for because you had to. And it was just like the random guy with like the crazy vest and like all the like cameras yeah. running around, you know, like the transition right. from that into this like very like intimate experience where you have these like you know, photos that you're proud of and, you know, the whole idea of blogging your photos, like all that sort of stuff Mm. was jazz. Like, was it before Jasmine? Like was Jasmine sort of like the catalyst for all of that? Because I feel like that transition from the like random photographer guy in the black shirt and the black pants and the black shoes into where we are today has been this like 10 year process. Not again, not necessarily saying that you're responsible for it, but you were definitely like kind of leading the way during all that. Did you, were you aware of that at the time? Like when you got into wedding photography, what was sort of like the, I don't know, like the status quo at the time? Well, I think there's a few factors that just came to mind. One, I think our industry very quickly around that, like 10 year ago, 10 years ago, I think this started happening really rampantly. Like it, it became, very female dominated and um and not to say that there's not a lot of emotion and connection that happens when it was male dominated but there was a switch that happened it 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 went from being like well the photographer is just like the caterer you just pay them to come do what they need to do and then they get out and then the switch i feel like in some ways that's still the case for a lot of people they just hire somebody they come in they do the work then they're done I think in my world, the switch happened because I was a bride myself during that transition. And I spent a small fortune um, investing in having Jasmine and JD fly all the way to Virginia for my wedding. Right. Which and, was like rare at the time, right? Yes. Like doing that was sort of like people probably thought you were crazy. Oh, everyone. My dad thought I was crazy. I mean, I had moments where I thought I was crazy. But then after the wedding and after our experience with them, because I was running my own business, I li- I remember thinking back through just every part of our communication with them and our experience with them and like psychoanalyzing why did that work so well? And how can I do that for my own couples? And am I already doing that? And the thing is, is you know, I think females came into the industry. I think people started realizing, oh my gosh, the internet is like a legit marketing source. I'm going to start sharing more of my work and maybe a little bit more of my personal life online. And so I think, I think, I think everything culminated into making this. I mean, think about Instagram, what Instagram has become back when I started, Instagram didn't even exist um, or it did, but no one knew about it. Um, and, and now there's 
tons of businesses that are just run from a, and marketed through a personal standpoint where they, oh, yeah. you know, the, the owners of these startup companies, um, just share their journey. They share their family. They share their stories and people get attached and then people buy from them. And I think that started happening in the photo industry a little bit earlier than all of these fun startup companies that you see on Instagram now. And I think we just had a little bit of a jump start. And the other thing is we have the perfect job to be relational. I mean, it is, you know, we just filmed a wedding type, you know, this, what was that last weekend? Something like, and, yeah, the weekend before maybe, yeah. Yeah, January 6th. And, and, and basically we, um, we did this amazing job for the sweet couple and the relationships you form throughout the day. It's like no wonder personal marketing works for us because we run a personal business and we do personal things for families that they're going to remember the rest of their life. And so I think it's a culmination of all those things. It, I definitely did not start it, um, but I think that Jasmine was a huge part of the beginning of that revolution. Um, I think Jasmine, even if you think about her and who she learned from, everyone she learned from was a male photographer who had been in the industry for for 10 years before her. And um, she was kind of the first female photographer who started having a following, started teaching and started being super personal in what she shared. Um, and I learned a lot from her. And then I took that. I almost feel like I took what she did and I started doing it just in a more Southern East Coast way, honestly. Right. Yeah, yeah. And um and, and, and people have said that, like, you know, you, you took the Jasmine star strategy or the Jasmine star approach and you just brought it to the East coast. And, um, you know, I, I'm fine with that title. I thought Jasmine did a great job with that. And she has, you know, she doesn't even have to shoot weddings anymore and she's making a great living and helping people still. So obviously she did something right, you know? Yeah. And that's right. Cause I do remember, like I said, when I was following and reading your blog, I was trying to do what you were doing, but I was like, why isn't this like, this seems really hard for me. And I was like, Oh, right. Duh. Cause I'm a guy, I'm a dude right, and right. she is a girl. So I was trying to blog. I wish I could, I need to go find some of these, Caitlin, and we should oh, yes. look at them someday. That would be very some entertaining. Of my, like, old, 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 old blog posts where I was trying to do the like Caitlin James blog and I would blog about my like family vacation. I take my camera on like our cruise and right. you know, like did the blog post about the cruise, like just like Caitlin would do it. And I'd try and write about these weddings just like Caitlin would do it. Um, which is why getting married was probably the best thing that ever happened to <laughs> yeah, my business because right. then I had a, I had Ash come in and she actually was a woman who could talk <laughs> about these things and, and, and could guys, add the emotion to it. Guys can do that. But it, but it kind right. of goes it, back you to can't, not realistically. You, you can't, can't be genuine and do it. Right. Well, you have to figure out your own way of doing it that is genuine. That is not, and it's not going to look like me. It's going to look like your own form of okay. How could guys be relatable and personal? Um, and it could be that you are super funny in what you write, or it could be that you're. I, I don't know, but it, it definitely has to be different in order for it to be genuine. And you're right. Ash is the best thing that happened to you because she's a great blogger. She has a great way of sharing her life, y'all's life, and people just relate to it so well. So, yeah, you should thank her. Right. And you then I also, again, lunch. you talked about like, you don't like the tech stuff. I love the tech stuff. Hence why we're talking right. about it. We're going to, we're going to get into that in this, Caitlin. Don't worry. Oh, the, great. The tech side of Ty's tech line is coming. Um, but yeah. And I mean, so I'm able to talk about those things. Ashley's able to bring that. And we have that. We're able to kind of merge that. And you also, yeah, obviously like being a husband and wife team, maybe that's a different conversation for a different day. The dynamics oh, sure. of being a husband and wife team and oh, all that yeah. kind of stuff. But you and Michael obviously have that now. You didn't at the beginning, right. obviously, but, right. um, 
um, you've kind of transi- transitioned into that. But um, yeah, and so it just, yeah, I think you're right. I think that the female-led sort of like very personal business thing has been really revolutionary because now, yeah, being a male photographer in the wedding industry, it's not unheard of, but it's definitely, you're definitely not in the majority um, anymore. Right, right. Whereas with, on the flip-flop, like in the video world, it is very male-dominated um, for probably a couple different reasons, but... Right. And then they, a lot of them are having these problems with marketing and stuff like that. And they're like, I don't understand why the photographers can charge more than us. I don't understand why people value photography so much more when, you know, for better or for worse, like vi- video equipment is more expensive. You need more of it. It's a little bit more time intensive with editing. Like there's all these different factors that doesn't, you know, video is obviously not one's harder than the other. Right. But, right. you know, there's just, well, you know, video is for the price. Right. I think video is harder. <laughs> I think video okay, is you so can much say, harder. You can say it. I can't. Um, yeah. But, you know, for the price discrepancy, but you know, a lot of times, you know, on average, I would say like people are willing to spend twice as much on a photographer sure. than a videographer. And I think that's starting to switch. But I think, again, because what we're selling in wedding photography and videography, we're selling a service. As much as right. we want to rave all about like the films that we're making and the photos that we're taking. Oh, no, it's a you know, service. A, it's a service-based business. And I think that's something that you've definitely taught me and I think that has been again that, that switch in the industry and that switch in the way people think about the wedding photography is that the value is in you it's in you sure. and Michael and the experience that you bring not in the photos and I think that that has allowed the that mindset has allowed the photography world to just kind of take off and people to value photography so much more and now in the video world I feel like everyone's kind of playing catch up Yes, I would. I definitely agree with that. And it's hard to when I feel like the other thing that happens in the video world is you guys have so many more components to think about and to learn. And it's almost like all consuming to figure out how to be a great technical shooter as a videographer. And it's almost like, well, I don't have any I don't I don't have any time to think about personal marketing. I'm just trying to get all this gear figured out. And like, it's a lot. And and the frustrating thing is that it takes you guys longer to, you know, it, it, you can't outsource the same way we would outsource. You can't do that stuff. Uh, it, it's so much more um, work intensive, I think, in post-processing. And so, but you know what? I think, I think y'all are going to get there. I think the industry for video is, there's going to be a breakthrough and probably you got, it's going to be you guys, you know, sharing and teaching people like there's a different way that you can market this. It doesn't have to be that you p- get paid seven fifty for all this hard work. You could charge $7,000 and here's how you get there. And it, it has nothing to do with the gear you're using. It has everything to do with the way you make me make people feel and how you care for people. And so the, the sooner videographers can learn that the sooner they're going to start to see a change in, because I've been to weddings with you guys. Where, and it probably only really happens with you guys. Maybe, maybe one other videographer, maybe one. I, but it doesn't happen all the time. But you guys, I've seen a shift from you guys being the videographers and they kind of know your names to people like brides and grooms show up and they have gifts for me and Michael and gifts for you guys because they, they, they yeah. are attached to you guys the same way they're attached to us. Um, and that doesn't happen with other videographers. Um, and I think that shows that the way that you're marketing online, the way that you're blogging and sharing your life, it's working. Right. No, for hundred percent for sure. And th- that's one of the things that we're, like you said, we're, we are trying to bring to the, to the video world. So like we can talk about this, we could talk about the, go down this rabbit hole forever and ever and ever. But I think that it's been a really interesting shift in the, in the photography world. And I think that you've led the way in like educating other people on how to do that. So one thing I did really want to talk about really quickly is your experience with speaking at WPPI. Cause I feel like this was sort of like a pivoting point in your, in your relation, in not in your relationship, in your, uh, 
in your career, in sort of your the way that you thought about education and sort of stuff like that. So I've heard the story a few times. So if you could just kind of give me like the basic synopsis of your basically what happened. So for WPPI is a big photographers conference in Las Vegas. It's sort of like I don't know if I'd say the pinnacle of photography, but it's like a pretty big deal, right? A lot of like really big names speak there. I'd say it used to be a lot bigger than it is. Yes. So at the the time, it was a big deal. Oh, yeah. It was like, if if you wanted to hear anybody who was somebody, you go to WPPI. And then one year, they just, (laughs) I guess they lowered the standards and they let me speak. (laughs) But No, no, um, no, no, no. no, But yeah, so you got asked to speak WPPI. And so like, which again was sort of like the pinnacle of like education as like as a photographer sort of like people would say like oh my gosh you made it you got asked to speak at WPPI again especially in this time but then talk to me about like a little bit of that experience for you and how it wasn't quite what you thought it was going to be right well I think um I'm not speaking WPPI still and and the reason for that is because one our, our life has changed but two I just realized um that the the emphasis and the pressure that I put on the title of speaking at WPPI was just founded in a lot of false things about my identity. I just I thought, yeah, I mean, this this is it. Like I'm I am speaking at the largest photo conference um, in our whole country and one of the largest in the world. And while I may not have like the arena filled up, you know, I had a smaller conference room. I, I still got to say like, I'm a speaker at WPPI. And I remember the first year that I went there and, and I had been going there for five, six years just as an attendee. Like I would just go every year just to see friends from around the country, to see the trade show, to look at albums, to, you know, I, I would learn some things here and there. But honestly, I just, it was a social thing. I remember going there, walking into the MGM Grand in Las Vegas and the sign up like area, there were like, you know, they have all these booths and these huge banners um, that go across the bottom of like the check-in booths. And, uh, and they just have like, you know, three times life-size prints of just some of the speakers images. And I remember thinking to myself, those speakers, I mean, surely they're, maybe they don't have to check in because they're so fancy. I don't know, but surely they check in and they look and they're like, I mean, I am just, this is like the pinnacle. I I have a portrait, not only am I speaking, but I have a portrait that is printed life-size for every single photographer coming to this conference to see from around the world. People are seeing all my stuff. So thousands of people, like not just like thousands of people. Yeah. So, um, so we go, it was actually, um, I think it was the second to last year that I spoke, but anyway, I, I show up to the registration booth and, David and Allison, that was the couple's name. One of their engagement pictures was life-size underneath the check-in counter. Like their faces, I mean, it was, I've never seen one of my pictures that big ever. It was almost the size of a billboard. And um, and it had like my name on the bottom. Like this was, you know, photo credit, Caitlin James. I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody's, this is it. And um, And then I looked and to the right of it was another full-size vertical banner of like this it's funny it was a image from an engagement session of the fall and um it was where like there were leaves kind of falling everywhere and i actually had to photoshop the uh the bride's hand for something like, it looked kind of weird so um i remember photoshopping that and blogging it being like no one will tell and then they and then wppi picked was, that image humongous and so i'm like looking i'm like can you tell michael can you tell that her hands photoshopped oh my gosh <laughs> anyway um so i just like lived on this high for the three days um until my talk that year 
uh, you know, every time I walked past that section, like that floor of the conference center, I'm just so like proud of myself. And then as I'm walking in to give my presentation, uh, it was on the last day, which is a, a horrible time slot because some people have to catch flights. So, you know, it's hard to fill up a room. And But I walked in and I glanced over one last time at that check-in counter where all of my beautiful pictures were. And it was time to tear everything down. And they were literally ripping up those posters that I was, you know, that I had just put so much emphasis on. They were ripping them up and putting them in trash bags. And I thought those that goal of mine, like that pinnacle of success, like, oh, I've made it. Like literally there it's getting rolled up and it's put in trash bags. And they're gonna some company, some trash company is gonna come to the back of the MGM Grand, pick up these trash bags and go stuff those posters in a landfill in the desert just to rot for the next hundred years. And I thought to myself, that I cannot base my business off of the idea that that is what success looks like. I mean, I, I'm very proud that that happened. But at the same time, I'm like, if that is what's going to be what I live for in my business, like for that to happen again, how sad. I mean, it's so shallow. It's gone. It's literally being tossed in a dumpster. And it gave me so much purpose. I mean, some, something's not adding up here. And I actually got on the stage and I, I, shared that story just minutes after watching them put him in the trash bag. And I'm like, I just, I'm realizing like, I just can't live for, I can't run my business all about having life-size posters at a conference. Like my business has got to be about people and changing my clients' lives and making a positive impact on their marriage through our marriage. And it was a good turning point for me. I think it just made me realize like, yeah, I experienced like what I consider the best of the best. And it was temporary and it got tossed in the trash. And that is a great lesson. Like, you know, it's there's nothing wrong with wanting to speak at a big conference. But when your identity and your success and your joy in your business is based off of that, that that's probably a problem. So and I think what was interesting about that moment, you may not realize this at the time, but kind of like looking back in retrospect, I feel like that was sort of where you shifted your focus from in-person education, right, where you can reach people in life, like in, you know, at WPPI, and there was maybe what, a, a couple hundred people at your talk, if even that, sure. I don't know how many people were there, or maybe a couple yeah. hundred. Yeah, a couple yeah. hundred. And it sort of marked this like transformation from this like in-person education that you're doing, and you're reaching people, you know, 12 people at a time in your, in your living room, or maybe a hundred people at a time at WPPI, into this sort of shift, and I don't think you thought it at the time, let me know if you think I'm way off, off base here, but like into this like what if we, you know, into this online education right. world where like I can reach so many more people yes. and impact so many more lives if we figure out a way that we can do this online, right? Yeah. And yeah. From like a tech, this is kind of where the kind of like the tech comes into play. Like online education for you has allowed you to grow your business beyond, I think, what you ever imagined it would be from oh, like not yes. only like monetarily, right? Which obviously isn't the sure. goal, but like monetarily, sure. but also just like the amount of reach and the amount of impact they're able to have, like you're able to impact thousands and thousands of photographers. Do you remember when you had that first idea of like, like, why are we doing these in person, 12 people at a time? Let's do this online. Do you, do you remember that distinctly or no? Yes. And, and honestly, it, it all kind of came at once. Um, Zach and Jody sat us down and they had been teaching online and they're like, guys, you need to be teaching online. And we're like, uh, I mean, our workshops sell out. It's fine. We, we like teaching people in our home. They're like, okay, you can still do that, but you, you gotta, sh you need, you could reach so many more people online and we'll, we'll tell you how. And it was 
I mean, we owe so much to them just for being so gracious and sharing just some of the how to's, but then it's like, okay, so we need to do this, but how are we going to do this? And that's about the time that you came and you're like, Caitlin, we need to start doing stuff with video. And I'm like, okay, well, you're going to do it for me because I don't know how to do it. <laughs> and so then, um, and that kind of started our season of working together in the education world. And, um, and, 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 you know, to be fully transparent, I am a businesswoman. So I, I did think in my mind, like I, we want to have children and I, I can't, I got to figure out how to make something more scalable. And as a businesswoman, I knew scalability is the key to success. And it's a key to freeing up more of my time to create more content. So at the time, when I was doing workshops that were like 12 people um, at a time, I was just scrambling. Like I was doing that four times a year, plus shooting like 30 or 40 weddings. One year I shot 42 weddings and did four workshops and, sh- and spoke at like six conferences all around the country. It was insane. And I'm like, I can't keep doing this uh, and, and have children and be a mom at the same time. So there was a part of me that was thinking, how can one, how can I meet, uh, reach more people Two, um, how can I scale this and be a smarter businesswoman with our education? And Zach and Jody came in at the right time. Ty came in at the, you came in at the right time. And, and kind of this perfect combination of making this happen. And people, um, we met a good friend of ours through Zach and Jody, his name's Cole, and he just helped us with our first course that we really launched. And we were blown, blown away because for the first time ever, um, people who had been wanting to come to workshops and th- think about it, there's only 12 seats, but there's thousands of people who had been following. Um, and how many of those thousands of people can actually pay for a plane ticket, hotel, rental car, and the price of the workshop? It's expensive. And while there's nothing else like it, we had to create something that were, was more, um, obtainable for, for anybody. Um, and, and I know courses are not cheap. Um, but we had a huge response because finally people could learn different parts of our education from the comforts of their own home. So it, it worked well. <laughs> and all the different things that had to come together for those courses to be a success, like you just mentioned, like Zach and Jody kind of giving you like the, not the kind of like the kick in the pants and the, you know, like yes, the yeah. motivation, like, Hey, like the realization, like, Hey, we could, reach so many more people with not less effort, but it's like when you do a workshop, again, you're limited to those 12 people. But if you put in a bunch of hard work for this course, yes, right. right. You put a bunch of, you put in the same amount of effort for this course and it it has legs that can run for years and years and years. Like we filmed the consistency course. How long ago? ago, Maybe three years ago, two or three years ago. And it's still selling. People are still buying it. People are still learning from it. Whereas if you give that same exact amount of effort to a in-person workshop, like it's limited. And just that weekend, those people might be impacted, right? The on, and the yes. Abby Graces of the world, sure. but it's such a limited of scope. So, but for you, like from again, from like a technological standpoint of like having the idea, figuring out how to make the idea happen, and then figuring out how to take this thing and link it grow. I mean, we did our first ever workshop last year, and there was so much technical stuff that goes into it. From oh yeah, like Facebook ads and where to host it and how to do. I mean, the actual filming and all that kind of stuff, which sure. for us is easy, but for somebody like you know, you're not. A, filming is not your thing so like you had to figure right. all that stuff out and then where to host it and how to do the signups and the emails and all these different things like this it's this big like i mean it seems very simple like oh yeah just like make a course and put it online but there's a lot oh. of like technical behind the scenes things that have to go into it that oh, and yeah. it's it can definitely be intimidating but i mean what would you say i don't know is 
I would, I mean, again, this was kind of the point in, in your career where we came in and we had the like inside insider baseball, like knowing how it all happened. Right. But, and we've learned, so we've done three courses now and the yes. first one, I wouldn't say it was a train wreck, but I will say <laughs> that it wasn't the most smooth streamlined process creating that anyone has ever it, created. Creating it was, was cool. It was, you could say it was a train wreck. The content's not a train wreck. I mean, we no, had people the buy the great. course yesterday. They love it. But the, the content's great. The creation of it was a little haphazard. Um, yeah. So that, that you, that's fair to say. You know, right. you and the whole thing that. culminating with me being in South Africa during the launch of this oh massive gosh. course that we spent months working on just months. probably wasn't just like wasn't a great planning Was, on like anybody's no. anybody's part. Well, no, I, I would say we had no idea what went into this. And we and I thought, oh, maybe maybe like 25, 50 people will sign up for it. Well, when we had hundreds of people sign up, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. And Ty's not even in the country. He's on the other side of the world. So yeah, there's a was, typo in our promo film and yes. Katara doesn't know how to spell and we need to figure out how to get it fixed. Yes. Yeah. But so that's, but that's the thing. Again, again, this was one of those instances where like for just like a normal person, like you had to be doing so many things right to get to a point in your life and in your career where you could be free to do the things right because like you had outsourced your editing right that's a big thing that has been like you know you've always kind of been you've been doing a great job i think you know of of allowing yourself to have these opportunities to grow because if you were just trying to shoot and edit and market and blog every single day just to you know maintain your 30 weddings a year and you never had time for any of this stuff like it would have never never ever been a possibility right so in online courses you know Although in our world and like in our sphere of influence, like it was like the first one, it was like, I don't know if revolutionary is the right word, but it was like, you know, it was kind of a big deal. Like no one had really yes. done this. People have right. sort of tried since then, but I think they realized how much harder it is than they realized at the time when they right, decided, right. like, we just want to make a bunch of money like Caitlin did. Let's just try and do this. And you're like, actually, it's a lot more complicated and <laughs> actually, like, it tricky. Took, yeah, it took, I mean, honestly, you you saw, I think it took us a good two years to because we launched consistency before we really knew what we were doing um we we have honestly dedicated the last three to four years of our entire like half of our business just learning how to do this like we hired my sis we had to hire another employee just to have the bandwidth to figure out how to manage customer support and how to manage the technical side and i mean it's crazy it's not it just looks so simple from the outside it looks so easy and like oh anyone can do this and anyone can but you got to understand what goes into it and how much hard work and and how much risk there is because what people don't realize is that when you see those webinar um, ads or you see anything pop up about courses, the amount of money that we have to spend to get it out there so that people will actually see it, like fighting the algorithms of Facebook and Instagram, um, it's a huge risk. You you have to play a huge mathematical game to figure out how much can I spend in ads and how, how many people can I reach and how many of those people are actually going to be willing or, or able to invest. And it is like learning a whole nother side of a different industry. It really is. And, and that is what I wish I could tell anybody who's educating and frustrated that things aren't going well. Just know that we we struggled and we've had ups and downs in our education online um, and it's a process. So just don't don't freak out if it doesn't go well the first time because you're not alone. There's a lot of things that have not worked well for us, but there are also a lot of things that have and we're very 
very thankful for that. Yeah, so. no, for sure. And setting yourself up and again, setting yourself up in a way that allows you to like kind of take those risks and try some things and figure out like, okay, this didn't really work and let's try this and let's pivot and right. do whatever. And you know, like I said, now we've, we've done three courses uh, at this point. We like, you've done three courses. I've helped film the three courses uh, at oh, this no. point. You, and Ty, you know, you've been a huge part of, there's multiple times in courses where Ty's like, Caitlin, you should probably explain this a little differently. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's refill only, only the technical things. I don't, yes. I don't ever tell you what to say about KJ stuff. I learned, I, part of the reason I like doing these courses, everyone listening, is because I learned from them personally, especially at the time when I was shooting photos. I was like, man, this is great. I'm learning how to completely edit in a different way because I took the consistency course, aka right. spent hours and hours editing it. Yes. Um, but so what I would yes. normally ask at this point would be like, okay, so Caitlin, like, what's next? You've done all these courses and blah, blah, blah. But you're, again, you're ahead of me one step already and you oh. kind of already created, we've already done like the next thing. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about this is gonna be like the last thing I want to talk about is like is KJ All Access, right? It's this new thing that yes. you've that you've just started. You you pitched the idea to us a while back and I was like, I don't know, KK. Like, yeah. you know, again, <laughs> I, my like mirror minded thinking, I was like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. But like it has been a smashing success so far, right? It's only, we've only right. just kind of started doing it. But so explain that a little bit and kind of talk about what it is and sort of your idea for it. Cause again, I think this is sort of like, again, it's revolutionary. Like people are freaking out about it. So just talk about it a little bit. Um, well, I had this thought. What is, it? Of, what is KJ All Access? Okay. KJ All Access is our first ever membership um, opportunity for photographers to pay um, an affordable monthly fee to have access to watch us shoot our wedding season, wedding and portrait season. So um, we actually were just working on the lineup of just each month, what our members are going to get. And um, it's 75% weddings um, and then 25% are portrait sessions. But every month, KJ All Access members get... Um, a video uh, sent to them and, and they're able to watch us do what we do in like real life situations. And it is um, the epitome of real life. I mean, um, <laughs> there are moments where I am like, oh my gosh, am I going to let the world see this? Am I going to let the world see that I dropped a $2,000 lens and it rolled across the floor? You know, am I going to let people see me, you know, trip over the sidewalk? Am I? <laughs> um, but people love learning this way. And I am... I mean, honestly, I'm looking, I mean, my computer's in front of me. We have like 15 emails right now because the email or the, the video content just went out um, like yesterday, two days ago um, for this month. And people just, it is revolutionary for a photographer who's never had an opportunity to second shoot or photographers who've been in business for eight years and they just need to be able to know like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Look how Caitlin handled that. Um, so it is a huge risk for us uh, because, you know, I want photographers that are listening to this. Think about someone filming your every move on a wedding day, every decision, every location you pick, everything you run in with vendors or people that, you know, hard to work with parents or it be, I am, I am exposing all of that to the world in hopes that it helps people learn. And it's $29. Um, when, when we have a discount, it's $29. It's normally $49 a month. I mean, it's super affordable. We've never, I mean, we've never offered anything like this for a price that pretty much almost anybody can afford. And, um, and, and you can stop it at any time. So like we have some people that are like, okay, I have weddings booked the next six months. I have income coming in. I'm going to be a member for the next six months. And then we'll see from there if, if I can keep going. It's just everything about it from the payment, the price, the setup, the way the content's delivered. 
I've never seen anyone do it. And, and I'm proud of us because, um, it's a risk. And I was just hoping that we could explain it and, and get the word out there in a way where people would latch onto it. And the response when we launched it a couple of weeks ago was just amazing. And what's more amazing than just like how many people signed up is the, the responses and the comments that we're getting from the content people are watching. So they got a bonus video. They've watched us shoot two weddings now. Um, and people are just raving. They're, they're saying things like, I'm a visual learner and I have never been able to learn so much in such a short amount of time because I'm just watching you do what you've already taught me and other things. And it's, it's transformational. So I'm excited about it because what that means is, is that I am getting to teach people in a new way. Um, but also everything about our other courses fits into KGL Access. So if you're in Lighting and Locations course and you're a KGL Access member, you know, you're watching me take the body blocking techniques and um, the light wrapping techniques and angles and lens usage. You're, everything you learned in that course, you're getting to watch me put into practice spur of the moment on a wedding day. And it just kind of everything backs each other up and I love it. So yeah, I'm, I'm, if you can't tell, I'm very excited about it. I'm thankful that other people are excited about it. And hopefully, you know, 2018 is going to be a transformational year for all the hundreds of photographers that are in there. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those mm -hmm. things where it seems almost like obvious, like, oh yeah, like right. you could learn a lot from watching me shoot a wedding day, but it's one of those things you're like, but that's never going to happen. Right. And you've right. done things, I think in the past where you'd allowed, did you do like a contest where someone could come third shoot for you yes. or something? Yeah. You did like a giveaway or whatever. Right. Yeah. We flew a girl in from like California or something. It was funny. Right. It, but the idea has like kind of like always been there. It's like, you've always kind of known, or at least I've always sort of known like, oh wow, every time I film a wedding with Caitlin, I feel like I learned something new, but the idea of like taking that and going out and making it happen. But what I, again, from like a technical standpoint, something that, again, the reason this, this podcast exists for like technical people, non-technical people and everybody who has to kind of exist. And like, we've, we just talked about right. how there's so many technical things, right. That go into this, but just right. because you feel, you may feel overwhelmed by that. Cause Caitlin, would you describe yourself as like a overly tech techie savvy person? Oh, heck no. No, I am not. Okay. No, you know, I'm not because I always come to tie and I'm like, uh, can you look at my camera? Something's wrong with it. Can you fix my screen? You're not um, the worst. Like you're not like the least tech savvy person I've ever met. But yeah, you're definitely not tech savvy. But you're able to have these like major accomplishments, right? That rely extremely heavily on tech. Like it's an online course. Yes. Like it's literally built around technology. And like the one thing I just hope people kind of can get from this conversation is that. A, like you need to like learn how to adapt with technology, like as technology sure. changes, right? So you've completely pivoted from, you know, blogging every single day when blogging was hot and then, you know, onto Instagram and now into this kind of like online education world. So like evolving with technology as it grows and being like, don't feel that if you're not necessarily like a tech person, that it's impossible for you to do these tech related things. Um, and that you have to be right. stuck in kind of the past, right? You can still continue to evolve and grow and utilize these new technologies, even if you may not personally be 100% comfortable with all sure. the things that go into it. Right. Um, do you have any, like, do you have any thoughts about, about that? Yeah, I, I think, um, when I think about this whole season of business and going out on a limb, you know, I have to give credit to our team, which is me and Michael, my sister. Um, and my mom is a part of the team as well, but she more, you know, takes care of the life side of stuff so we can actually have work hours. Um, and when I say life stuff, I mean, Evie. <laughs> uh, but when I think about how this has happened, you know, I came to Michael and my sister, Emily, and I'm like, guys, I have this idea. I think it could be huge. 
And they're the ones that figured out the back end. They're the ones that figured out, okay, well, how are we actually going to film it? How are we going to have good audio? Um, we need to call, we need to call Tyler. Um, what, right. do we need to, what do we need to buy? Um, what kind of camera would be the best and what kind of like gimbal should we use to make it smooth? And, um, and then, you know, Michael kind of took that side and then my sister took the whole, okay, how do we do subscription based, you know, signups? How, how do we make this available for people? How are we going to let people sign up throughout the year? How do we do rotations of payment? I mean, it is so much and, and it, it's, it's overwhelming at times, but, and, and we have problems sometimes. I mean, there's, there's probably like 15 emails in my inbox right now that my sister's working on helping us figure out like, Oh, like this, this payment didn't go through for some reason. Um, and so I do, I admit like it, it you got to have a team of some sort. Maybe it's just like, you know, you work by yourself, but your husband has some tech, you know, tech skills and he could help you like two nights a week to get through some of the technical stuff. I agree. You got to have help, but don't be overwhelmed by that because you think about it. I look at other people who do stuff like this and I'm like in, in other industries and I'm like, okay, if they can do it, we can do it. If they can figure it out, how come I can't figure it out? We, there's no reason why I can't figure it out, you know? So there's just no excuses really. And, um, for years, I think I, I saw technology and really Tyler, I think you were a huge part of, um, allowing us to see what we could do beyond just what we had always done. Um, because while Michael is tech savvy, like the amount, the level of intense technology that we have to have now, um, is beyond what either one of us knew. And so when Ty came into the picture, it's like, okay, well, now we have someone who knows, like he's a good friend of ours. Um, he, and you had, thank goodness, you weren't shooting 50 weddings a year. And you're like, um, Caitlin, I'm too busy to help you because that would have been heartbreaking. Um, you were in a season of business where you were shooting a lot, but you also made time to allow us to film these courses, which was transformational for us. So it, it was, it's a great marriage between the two worlds. Like we, we need Ty, you know, Ty, Ty, I don't think you really need us, but I feel like we, we desperately need Ty's, um, his knowledge of tech. And honestly, like what we've learned from you, I think is just that there's, you can always figure something out. And if you're holding back a dream or educational life, if you're holding back because of tech stuff like that, there's just no excuse for that. Like you can figure this stuff out and it's worth it because of what you can produce once all the pieces come together. Yes. You, you hit the nail on the head. It's exactly what I was kind of like trying to like lead up to is, yeah, if you have a dream, if you have an idea, if you have something that you want to do, don't let the technology and the like fear of like having to hassle with and deal with technology deter you from wanting to do that. And on the flip side, what I would say. I want to tell this one last story. This is going to be the last. This is really going to be the last thing. Um, if you are a technical person, right, know that there are people out there, right, who may need that. Like you have an expertise and like something that you can offer someone. So I'm going to tell this quick yes. story, Caitlin, of the first time that we ever worked together. Do you remember the first project we ever worked on? The f- um, was it KJ Live? No, no. it was even, it was way back before that. Okay, so I used, this was back when I had a full-time job. I had met Caitlin a couple times and we met at these things and we kind of like knew each other, like we would recognize each other if we had passed each other. Yeah, so it was actually a video for WPPI, ironically, kind of like bringing it all (gasps) back. Yes. So what had happened was, so I was working a full-time job and I got obsessed with Creative Live. So Creative Live has like free online education and I was listening and watching Creative Live all day, every day while I was doing work at my, at my job. And one of the guys, he was talking about business and something, I don't even remember exactly what the topic was, but basically he said like, if you have, you know, people that are out there that you think 
that you and you want to work with them, you need to show them how you can add value to their life, right? You need to yes. don't always come to people and just say like, "Hey, I want to work with you." Like, what can like whatever? Like, say like, "Hey, how this is where this is something I noticed in your life. This is something I think I can add value to you, and this is something that I want to do." So what I ended up doing is I was like, "Gosh, Caitlin, who I'd followed her blog for years and years and years, used to do video blogs, right? She did like two or three, like in <laughs> yeah. her attic, in the attic of the little baby house. Remember in in your yes. old house, yes. and." She had these video vlog, video vlogs, and I remember the first time I saw one, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Because I had read, been reading her blog for so many years, but finally being able to like see her and hear her talk, it just kind of like you know made that connection like that much stronger. And I was able to put like a voice to a face and somebody who I felt like I knew so much mm. through this blog, I was able to connect on a whole nother level. Anyway, so I was like, I had this idea in my mind. I'm like, she needs to do more video content because it helps people help people like connect with her on yes. a whole nother level. So instead of just like. I don't know, reaching out and be like, hey, I love to work together. Like, hey, like, do you ever need, like, I don't know, whatever. I, I had, I said, Caitlin, I, I kind of basically explained that in an email. I wrote, I spent like, Caitlin, I spent like two hours writing this email. Oh, gosh, I'm I was like, sorry. And I probably hey, responded hey, like two days later. It was like two weeks later, but that's not, that's two not weeks? the point, Caitlin. Oh, my gosh, I'm it was, sorry. It was, it's okay. No, no, it was a busy, it was like, I was like a random person. You need, you need to take care of your, of your people. But anyway, so I wrote her this email and I basically said, hey, Caitlin, I, you know, I loved it when you did video blogs. I felt like it was, you know, really great connection to your audience, blah, 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 blah. If you, you know, I, if you were ever interested in doing more video content, let me know. You know, my, my wife and I would live in Richmond. We met you that one time, blah, blah, blah. I would love to come and just help you with any sort of video content that you'd be interested in doing. Right. Right. So right. I sent this email and I told Ash, I was like, Ash, I emailed Caitlin James and I told her, uh, I, you know, I sent her this email and I blah, blah, blah. I told her I'd be interested in working with her. And I don't know. I think maybe I overstepped. Maybe I said too much, blah, 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 blah. Because she has I wasn't really confident in what I was saying. And, I was like, and she didn't respond like, oh, no, like I, I, you know, put my foot in my mouth. I shouldn't have said anything. Anyway, so she she emailed back. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't two weeks. We'll say it was like a week later. Okay. okay. So she, she emails me back. Oh, she emails me back and she says, oh, yeah, actually, you know, we're, we're supposed to have this like intro video for this WPPI talk that we're giving and we really need a video. Would it be possible for you to come over sometime this week and we could maybe film this thing and, and blah, 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 right? So that was like the first time that Caitlin and I ever worked together. And then from there, it was like, you know, we were trying to do some video, some video blog stuff to go on your actual blog. And then that kind of just sort of started transforming and rolling over time. And then you started referring weddings to us. You started shooting weddings together. Yes. It started that becoming was better beginning. friends. All that stuff, right? That was the very beginning of how our like friendship began, but also right. how like this like business, um, like, it's a mutually beneficial business relationship has, you know, begun because like she was like, we were just talking about like, I have like this technical knowledge within my brain for whatever reason that I was right. able to offer and like bring to the table. And when we paired that with Caitlin's ideas and her reach and like all those different things, we were able to create these things that had a really big impact on the world. Yes. So I personally, I feel sort of proud with all the stuff that we've created, even though yes. again, it wasn't my ideas and I, I'm not Caitlin. Like I don't want to take credit from Caitlin, No, but, but you I do pushed, think that there was a push and an encouragement that and I remember getting your email and thinking like uh do i really want to get involved with like i mean i'm doing fine by myself i don't know if i will but but the business side like pushed me further i was like no like 
sure it's it's a risk like we don't we don't know these people really well we don't know what it's going to be like to work with them but he's offering and it is a need that we have and i think we should go for it and look what has happened from it so you should be proud because you took the first step if not i'd still be recording shaky blog videos uh on my own with no microphone so <laughs> right so but so my so my point and kind of like telling that whole story is to kind of it kind of bring things whole full circle but also saying like if you are out there and you consider yourself a technically savvy type of person just like remember that you do have things that you can offer to people yes um and if you can find those types of relationships and you can figure out ways that you can again it needs to be mutually beneficial um but like just don't be afraid to like put that out there and to just kind of like be aware of those different things and if you're somebody like caitlin who has all these ideas but you feel like the tech is like holding you back and you're constrained by that yes um you know it's okay to like reach out to people like i feel like so many times we feel like oh no we're solo entrepreneurs like we run our own business we have to figure everything out on our own we have to do everything ourselves um but you're a perfect example like your whole business not your whole business but like the education side especially has grown leaps and bounds because of your ability to bring in other people and delegating tasks and understanding like this is not a strength of mine so i'm gonna go out and find someone who has a strength in it so we can kind of merge those two things together so i think it's been really awesome Oh, gosh, it's been so awesome. And we honestly would not be doing what we're doing if we didn't have our friendship with you guys. And if we hadn't had, um, you know, the willingness of like Zach and Jody and our friend Cole and other people who who knew more than us that were willing to share. And that's, you know, we've met a lot of people. We have a lot of friends who um, maybe are like a step behind what we what we've done. And like we love sharing with them like, hey, this is what we've done. I, I there's enough room for all of us, honestly. I mean, if you go back to what we talked about at the beginning, if you believe that you're attracting a tribe that truly just loves you for you, then it doesn't scare me to share with other people uh, how to do what we've done. And um, I think for a lot of people, um, you know, the the tech side, everything that you talked about is what's holding them back. And um, it just seemed like this far off dream, like, you know, uh, we, who knows what we'll be doing in our future. I have no idea, but I know that whatever we do moving forward, I'm going to need people to help me. And, um, we've had so many people help in the last several years, mostly you guys, but a lot of other people that have just given us advice and wisdom and, um, with, you know, the digital online marketing, that side of thing. Um, I, I think anything, if, if I was to tell someone, in this season of life and in business, what's the number one piece of advice I would say to always be willing and humble enough to ask for help? Um, whether it's hiring a sleep coach to get your baby to sleep or whether it's, you know, asking a friend who's really great at tech to help you make your dreams happen. Like you just can't do it by yourself. And if you stay on your own little island, that's exactly what the rest of your business life will be. You're just going to be on your own little island wishing that you made your dreams happen. So yeah, totally agree. And I am, we're so thankful for y'all. And, and I'm excited about this podcast because honestly, I think that there's a lot of people that need to be encouraged about just like, yeah, I, I love the side of tech, but I don't know how to use it. I don't know how I can be a blessing to people. I don't know how to, um, you know, make this a part of my story and how I can give back to the community. So I, I'm excited for this. So. Good job, Ty. It's going to be great. Thanks, KK. Yeah. And again, technology is something we can't avoid. It's not, it's something that we can, like, no matter what we do in today's day and age, you have to interact with it in some way. And I just feel like, yeah, there's so many people out there who just feel hopeless when it comes to some tech things. And hopefully this podcast will be a place where I can kind of just provide a little bit of clarity and encouragement and just kind of like talk about tech and how people, again, from all walks of life, whether you consider yourself very techie, not techie at all, anywhere in between, you've got to figure out a way to interact with 
technology in the world and how to make it work for you and for your business because there's so many upsides to figuring it out, but it also can feel very daunting. So hopefully this podcast will kind of shed some light onto those types of things and give you a little bit of insight into, again, somebody like Caitlin who is running this like digital online marketplace for education as a self-proclaimed non-technologically savvy person um, and how and that can be great for you too so I think this is a perfect place to end it Caitlin thank you so so much this has been an awesome conversation I'm so glad I got to ask you all the questions I've always wanted to ask you ever since like 2011 when I started following the blog (laughs) it's so funny because it's not like you haven't had the opportunity but we've all we're always working or talking about other things so this was fun thanks for having me I'm honored to be sorry I talk so much but I am honored to be um, one of your first podcast guests. It was, it was fun. It was, Caitlin, you were the perfect first podcast guest. I think that this has been great. So thank you to Caitlin James. This is such, such, such an amazing conversation. I feel weird calling her Caitlin James because I never ever really call her that. Thank you, KK. This has been an awesome conversation. Make sure you guys check in next week for another episode of Ty's Tech Line and we'll see you then.